0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Hey gang, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night, your meets on the Distraction Pieces Network. My name is Jim, I am your host and today I am speaking to Paro. Uh, if you don't know who Paro is, uh, excellent wrestler from America, a big dude, 6 foot 4, 300 pounds um, but also has a very interesting story in that uh, a story about him coming out as gay publicly went quite viral uh, right at the beginning of this year, uh, back end of last year um and he's a friend of mine and i've wanted to have him on to have a chat for a while because i think his story is fascinating and he's a a wonderful wonderful dude and as you'll hear we planned on chatting for an hour today we end up chatting for an hour and 45 minutes because he is awesome he's his story is super positive super inspiring and he's a great guy i'm very much looking forward to seeing when i'm out in new orleans in three weeks time he's I'm really, really pleased with how this has turned out, and um, it was great chatting to him. So, um, we'll get to the chat in a minute. The plug's first. Obviously, we're on the Distraction Pieces Network, so check out everything on said podcast network. That would make me very happy indeed. Um, I'm very proud of being on the network, so do please support it. Um, then to wrestling stuff. Um, first off, this podcast, jimsmormon.com slash tnj, lowercase, jimsmormon.com slash tnj. Point new listeners at this very podcast. I'd be very grateful. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. That's super helpful as well. Um, just tell people about it. Keep spreading the word. I'm very happy doing this podcast I'm very happy that it makes so many people happy every week. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to put as many episodes as I can. The next few weeks are going to be interesting, um, especially with all the travel I've got, Pam. But you know, I'm going to be with a few cool people, so let's see what happens. But yeah, do keep please spreading the word about the podcast. I am very grateful for everyone who chooses to do so. Um. Progress stuff. There's big shows coming up. Progresswrestling.com in the main for tickets or merchandise, etc. But let's run through the big shows. 6th and 7th of April in New Orleans at noon as part of the WWN live experience. Go to morethanmania.com for tickets for that or progresswrestling.com. Uh, April the 6th, April the 7th. In New Orleans, about a few minutes away from uh, New Orleans International Airport. Uh, the Pont Chartain Exhibition Centre, I want to say it's called. I could have got that wrong, um, but there's details on progresswrestling.com. April 6th, April 7th. we started announcing a lot of talent for it. We've still got some cool talent coming up. Uh, Friday at noon, Saturday at noon of WrestleMania weekend. Boom. That's the first, one, first order of events. Secondly, um, we're already into over four figures uh, for the, each day. Uh, In terms of attendance for Super Strong Style 16. Biggest Super Strong Style 16 that we've ever done. Um, We used to get 700 a day. We've already got a few people coming to these shows. Um, So do get on board if you want to come along to Super Strong Style 16. On the 5th, 6th and 7th of May. At Alexandra Palace in London. 5th, 6th, 7th of May. Alexandra Palace. We've already announced the first 8 people who are going to be in the tournament at Super Strong Style 16. There's going to be other stuff outside of the tournament as well. And it's looking up to be one of the best... I'm going to say it. It's looking up to be our best super strong star sixty 16 ever. It's the biggest, that's for sure. Um, so there's weekend tickets and day tickets available 5th, 6th and 7th of May progresswrestling.com Then May the 20th. May is mental for us, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've not even included the fact that we're going to Australia <laughs> in April and New Zealand, me and Travis Banks. Um, but... Um, May the 20th, we're at Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. Uh, Jack Saxmith will be taking his world title shots with whoever, against whoever is world champion at the time. May the 20th, Victoria Warehouse, biggest show we've ever done in Manchester. Ticket sales going well, already the biggest show we've ever done in Manchester, but the tickets are still available, progresswrestling.com for more information on that. May the 20th, Victoria Warehouse, Manchester. Whew, we've also got... Uh, tickets on sale for our next trips to Sheffield and Birmingham but there's only a handful of tickets left for each of those again progresswrestling.com they're in June and July and then finally September the 30th we do Wembley Arena um, ticket sales are going great for this, but obviously we want it to be as full as it's humanly possible. At the minute, it is shaping up to be the biggest wrestling show in England for 30 years. It'd be nice if we can make it one of the biggest independent wrestling shows in history. But we need your help to spread the word about it, to come along to it. Just come and enjoy yourself watching wrestling in Wembley Arena. I was answering some questions about it today and people were saying, saying, oh, what's the view like? The view is brilliant everywhere. It's Wembley Arena. Um, so come along September the 30th the biggest show we will likely ever do September the 30th at Wembley Arena progresswrestling.com for more information on that and merch and stuff as well demand-progress.com for all of the progress shows and a load of other stuff um, from all of our little partner parent companies around the world um, that we've got these cool little partnerships with This is really really awesome um, whether it's Defy over in the uh, Pacific Northwest in America or, or Melbourne City Wrestling in Australia there's loads of cool companies that um it's brilliant now as Progress is a little company and we've managed to buddy up with so many other little companies to to, to get the word of independent wrestling out there. So support us and other companies through demand-progress.com. Whew, plugs over. Let's go and have a chat with Paro because he's a top, top, top dude. And I'll see you on the other side. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's it's a, a pleasure to speak to you i sadly by skype and not in person um uh, because um every time you come to the uk i miss you um and and you, I, you you seem to be here quite a lot now which is quite nice yeah i feel like you i feel like you're dodging me actually <laughs> never it's always a pleasure to see you i i was thinking this about this earlier on about how i first met you and i first the first time i met you and, and spoke to you you weren't wrestling. You, it was in Orlando for the, either when we were doing a progress show or around an Evolve show. And you had a, a shirt and tie on and was incredibly smart. Um, and I think the first time I was introduced to you, no one told me you were a wrestler. I just thought you were this amazingly well built dude who happened <laughs> to work behind the scenes in wrestling. And, and afterwards, when, I, when it was revealed you were a wrestler, I was like, of course, that makes perfect sense. But you were the most, you are one of the most helpful people we encountered. Well, I, I like cases. to learn it's everything like... in wrestling, not
1: just be a wrestler. I like to learn everything, how it works. I'm one of those kind of people. Like, I, I just, I always wanted to know behind the scenes, everything. So I, I take opportunities when mm. people offer them.
0: Do you know what it made me think of? It made me think of, you know, when you read up on about how ECW used to be and obviously Heyman was running it, but Tommy Dreamer had help out with stuff and Taz had helped out with stuff. And that, that's what popped into my head of just someone who just wants to be part of things and, and, and help things out. Helps that you're a good wrestler as well. Um, but, but from our experience, you were so nice and so helpful to us. <laughs> we were like, what a, what a great dude. An awesome dude. So, um, so for, for things to sort of kick on for you as they have done this year oh. is really cool for me to see from from obviously from a distance because I'm here in the UK and you're in the states. But it's really cool to see someone who I like personally have good things happen to them because of of the the press that you've had in the last few months.
1: Yeah, well, the, <laughs> I never imagined I would get as much press as I did. But let's let's put it that way. I I wasn't. I never assumed that, or in a million years, that the article would have had so many reshares and mm. people talking about it that it did.
0: I think it because the article was like I remember I shared it with my Twitter feed, but I so I knew you were gay because you told me. So you just dropped yes. it into you dropped it into a conversation once that you had you had a boyfriend, and I was like. Oh, cool! Like, because I don't like I've got so many gay friends. I don't care if someone's gay. It's just you, if you're a good person or a bad person. That's how it works. You're a good person, and I remember you telling me and me going, "Oh, because I didn't expect it," and then was like, "Oh, but that's cool." And it was cool that you told me and you shared it with me, and it meant a lot to me that you did share it with me. And um, when the article came out, it was it was a no brainer for me, and I know a lot of my friends to share it because it it, it was. It was genuinely a really, really cool thing to have around wrestling because it's it's very foolish to presume there's no gay wrestlers. It's it's a ridiculous thing to presume, but but some people do go through their wrestling fandom presuming that that's the case. And it you know when when most people are aware that one of the the most famous wrestlers of all time, Pat Patterson, was was openly gay, and everyone was fine with it. Um, it, it I find it I find it amazing that the more the, there are more out wrestlers if that if that makes sense
1: well i i think i think bec- there's a couple reasons there's i think there's not many out wrestlers hmm. um one there is they're out to the boys in the back and, hmm. and the girls in the back that you know they're out to those people but they're not out to the community because even me before the article hit uh it was the wrestler, like the boys in the back, that actually told me, "Hey, man, maybe you should share your story. Mm. You know, we all know, but I think your story will help people." One of the big proponents of me actually doing the article uh, is uh, Martin Stone, uh, Danny birch for NXT. Mm. He he's one of one of my biggest supporters, and he's like, "Hey, man, maybe you should do this article because I was actually hesitant about doing it because, you know." I didn't want to make it how do I say this the right way? I didn't want to make it like, "Hey, he's trying to get opportunities because he's gay." Hmm. Because everybody already knew that I was gay backstage. Like sure. nobody, nobody didn't know. They were very supportive of it. But I didn't want other people to take it the wrong way like I was trying to get opportunities because I am a gay man. I wanted to my main goal was to help kids like me to understand that they're not alone mm. like growing up i had no role models like nobody to look up to um there was no there was no lgbt storylines in wrestling whatsoever and the one that they did do that i fell in love with broke my heart with the chuck and billy and it that was like like to me that was like wrestling's never gonna accept lgbt guys They're just not like that, that, that storyline literally broke my heart. So like growing up as a kid and you see those sort of things, you kind of just like, oh, well, it's not, let's, let's, they're just never going to do it. So might as well not. But now, especially with the independence and more promotions, supporting LGBT athletes, it's, it's different now. you, You get to see people. And promotions start giving people opportunities that necessarily wouldn't, characters, I should say, have opportunities that they would never have before. And they're not labeled into such a stereotype Mm -hmm. of what an LGBT athlete has to be. You know, it's not just one type of person. It's many different types because there's many gay, there's starting to be many gay athletes out there that have different characters and they're openly gay. And it's so... It's rewarding to watch, I guess, as a, gay, as a gay man to see, you know, people having success
0: just being them. Mm. I think that's the key as well, isn't it? It's the, in 2018, it, you, you, you are a gay guy, but there's no reason – you don't need to be defined by it. You, you can still be you and your, and your wrestling character is, is, is far from a stereotype in that, you know, the people who have perhaps never seen you before – you're a massive dude who kills people. Like <laughs> it's you, you're just you're being you're being you. I, I'd forgotten completely about the the Chuck and Billy storyline as well. And and you're right because I remember watching that here. Even as a straight guy, I remember watching that here and, and, and thinking, "Oh, it's such a shame that they didn't they didn't go down a, a, a more modern route with it and and it, do something really it, clever it was,
1: with it. it." Like I'll tell you, it. Uh, they might not know this. Like I've actually never told Billy this, but it it hurt actually. Mm-hmm. And like it was the first time because as a fan and you know a, a, a young adult watching it, you're like, oh okay, they're gonna do something, and and it's a character that I might have been in the closet. Might people might have not known. I was gay, but I knew I was gay. Mm. And, I, and it was like looking up, finally looking up to somebody. Then all of a sudden they just pulled the rug out from under you and like, nah, we weren't gay at all. <laughs> we were just pretending. And I'm like, well, okay, well, that's great for, it was one of those things that I, I, I was just, I thought was poorly written. Mm. Uh, I don't think it was a bad idea. I just don't think it was the time for it. Sure. You know, because there ha- it was so groundbreaking at the time that when you pulled the rug out and closeted young, like you had a lot of young teenagers watching at that time period. It was a very, it was a very different time in wrestling, and you had you had a lot of people viewing. And when you watched, and you're like, whoa, okay, like even if even if they weren't like like you knew they weren't gay, you you obviously knew it, but you still, for storyline purposes, you wanted to see him get married. It was like the first wrestling wedding. You just didn't want to see anybody go through a table. You're (laughs) like, please please don't let this end with somebody going through a table. And then you're like, then it does. And you're like, it's not even a table. They're like, oh, we are just faking you all out. I'm like, oh, okay, well, now where do you go? And then after that, there hasn't been any really – groundbreaking like storylines for LGBT characters. Like either it's a stereotype or they just don't have opportunities. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, cause it is a, it is a touchy subject to, to play upon. Hmm. I, I do understand that. It's not like, Oh, I, they should do it. It's just, I think I would like to see, especially companies take that risk, sure. see where it goes Because the problem is a lot of people, there's a lot of misinformation out there and everything you see, especially wrestling, wrestling's entertainment, you know, when there's no LGBT storylines, you're like, so there's no gay wrestlers, like, like you said earlier, like, Mm -hmm. so let me get this straight. Gay people don't watch wrestling. They do, (laughs) you know, like, it's just an example. Everybody's like, why is Black Panther so successful? Well, it's because you're actually showing them not uh, showing that community not as drug dealers or, or or rappers or all about the gold. You know, it's it, you know, it's it has nothing to do with be living in the ghetto or anything, it has showing strong women, strong African American men, uh, j- just playing like strong characters
0: the mm. I think
1: GBD community doesn't have strong characters anywhere on TV.
0: You see I I remember when I remember listening to I think it was Chris Jericho interviewing um Darren Young not long after, after he'd come out. Um and uh, Titus O'Neil being there with him as well and it, it being a really sweet interview because Titus O'Neil was was very much 100% behind his friend absolutely loved him, you know was absolutely cool about about Darren coming out and that was really cool and I remember at the time thinking this would be a great opportunity for WWE to do something with a storyline with a, a very positive gay role model um in Darren Young and and it it was a like they never shied away from they, they shied away from it a bit but they didn't they didn't sort of they didn't bear, they didn't focus bear on the
1: fact that he was he was an a. uh, uh... An LGBT athlete. They mm. focused more on the storyline that they were doing, which I totally understand. But I do f- see what you're saying. They could they they could have done so much more with that. But they didn't shy away from the fact of of his charity work. Mm. So at least in that sense, they at least recognized the fact that you know we need to reach out to different different uh, more. Let's diversify our fan base rather than a certain group. Mm. So I, I, I at least in that sense that that happened. But yeah, I do understand what you're saying. They didn't uh, they didn't go towards uh, any kind of gay storyline with them. They just were like, "This is Darren Young, and he's gay," mm. and now now we'll just move on with the storyline. So yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Uh,
0: do you think? And this is something that I've I've spoken about with a couple of of people within wrestling before. In the so, for example, in in the UK, it's it's a lot easier for us to have a a character like a pansexual character like Jack Sexsmith and for him to be a babyface and everyone to love him. Um, Because we're a very small country, and as a rule, there's no real difference. There's a little bit of difference in terms of people's acceptability in politics from, say, the north to the south or the east to the west. But it's not quite the same as in the States. So, for example if you were wrestling for a company and you were you were given a storyline that that played up your homosexuality in New York it would probably be more embraced than it would if you were given that same storyline in in somewhere in the deep south for example so do you think part of the the problem with the acceptability of it in America is is the geography of the country because that does make things a little bit difficult
1: do you know what like I was, uh, when I first came out, that's something that I was, uh, I was very worried about. How am I going to be received in certain areas of the country? Hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. I was in Texas this weekend for a show. Oh, sure. I the saw on your, of, on your Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we were, we were in Texas for a show hmm. and at, after the show, uh, you know when the fans come up and you sign you sign posters and all that kind of stuff, something that I'm very big on, and I think a lot of I think a lot of guys miss the opportunity of meeting with fans because they're so caught up on I'm a bad guy or I'm a good guy. Hmm. You know interaction with the fans is one of the most important things in the independent world that guys overlook, I think. But the number one thing that happened to me was people coming up to me. And these, the, and these people are straight farmers and like, this is Trump country. You know, this, this is, this, this area of politics isn't what you would, isn't somewhere in Queens. Sure. Uh, they came up to me and they're like, you know, I'm proud of you for sharing your story. That story was great. Thank you for sharing that. You know, something that I didn't expect to happen, happened. And, and I'm learning that more and more that if you're honest and open is more respectable than like you expecting them to act a certain way. So, you know, you're writing them off. I don't think you should write them off. Like I, I've, I've been coming to learn. They respect you more. I've learned. How do I say this the right way? the number one thing I learned, especially with my straight friends hmm. is they are way more curious than they are hateful. So when you actually have a chance to have an open conversation with somebody that maybe said some things before that were very derogatory, it's most likely because they don't understand because they're only going with what they were told or what they were raised with. So so when you have the opportunity to actually have an open discussion about it, you learn a lot more about people, You, you know, like your your preconceptions about a certain area change when you actually get to meet people from that area does that make sense yeah
0: absolutely yeah i i think it does seem from, certainly from what you've been posting on social media and, and and the general reaction to when the article first went up it does seem that i'm i've been pleased as someone who likes you i've been pleased that you've you seem to have got such a positive reaction because like you say, for, as a as a British person, as an outsider looking into America, my first fear was, oh, you know, some places are going to be cool and some places aren't, and it's really cool that you are getting a positive reaction in some places. I, I, I do have to ask the question: Have you had any negativity, be it from crowds or be it from in the locker room or anything like that? Have you had any any negativity at all of it, uh, since you came out? Well.
1: As we know, this is wrestling, and you, you tend to learn to tune out negativity because it happens. People say things because this is the age of social media, where you are—you can say whatever you want with no repercussions. Hmm. Um, yes, I've had negative. I, I, the positive outweighs the negative, but yes, I've had negatives. Uh, I don't want to say that I don't. I try to stay away from it because you know, highlighting that takes away from the fact that there is a lot more positive than there is negative. But yes, I've had, I've had re- wrestling fans, huge write-ups about, I'm just doing this to get pushed. I'm like, uh. I'm laughing. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to get that huge push on the independents. I'm <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> it's like, I like, I don't, I think, I think in their mind that independent wrestlers make millions of dollars somehow. Like I, I, I don't I don't think they know what it's actually like driving 17 hours to a show, you know, for minimal money for, you know, to do some to chase your dream. I I don't think they understand how independents really work to to like comment like that. And then I've also had backlash from the gay community because I did say some things that weren't positive in my article and I do understand that you know and some people felt attacked by it but I just told my story and what happened to me you know and it was interesting to see cuz I knew there was going to be some backlash from the article and there's and there's been a couple guys that have said certain things like you know they weren't exactly happy that you know I'm in certain spots and certain promotions you know but they don't they also don't understand i've been wrestling for almost nine years now Hmm. i've i've had ups i have had downs just like anybody else i've had complete failures like i said the other day on twitter you know failure can be a blessing you know and people don't understand that sometimes like when i the best thing that ever happened to me in in my life was wwe after my tryout camp giving me a form letter that said no Hmm. that's the best thing that ever happened to my career because now it allowed me the opportunity to come out of the closet tell people who i am because i was afraid i was afraid if i said the words that i'm gay my wrestling career was over that promotions weren't going to book me and you know that didn't happen it you know in fact you know Example when I told Gabe that when I first start working for WWN and I told Gabe I said hey Gabe I said you know because he told me what he wanted to do with me and and I said listen you know I I love that whole idea like I, I love it it's a, it's amazing but I'm I'm gay and he goes okay so I'm like he goes so. <laughs> and when he, when he, 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 it was because you, even yourself, you form these preconceived notions that, okay, well, I have to tell him I'm gay because if he starts pushing me, people aren't going to be, the believability, but he's like, no, this is just you. I'm, I'm doing the reason that you haven't had, like Gabe said, the reason most of the times I hadn't had success was because I wasn't being me. Uh-huh. I was trying to do everything to hide the fact of who I was. So a lot of my success comes from the fact that I was told no from WWE and I was allowed to come out of the closet and stop being afraid and start taking my career where I wanted it to go. And through that road, you know, coming out, you, you have a lot of guys in the locker room that aren't necessarily happy with the fact that there is a, a, uh, gay badass and not grinding up on you know not a because a lot of times a lot of gay characters in wrestling are stereotypical you know mm-hmm. oh he's gonna go go for the uh, uh, you know and grind uh, go for a move and then grind up on me and then I'm gonna have to act this way and I'm like that's just not me i I, I can't do that kind of gay that's just <laughs> not who I am i I like beating people up and throwing them through walls that's that's what I do that's the wrestling I am, and i learn I learned in the past two years that being me has helped me. so when people are negative like that and say, "Oh, this guy, they just don't understand, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I've had negative, but you know what i lo- I look like like you said, I look more at the positive than I do the negative.
0: I think you have to do that with social media i've I've learned to do that in the last. I mean, I'm constantly on this podcast mentioning the the one person who tweeted me telling me that I was a millionaire last year, and it, it really bugs me. Oh, <laughs> like,
1: well, uh, yeah, the, the, I read that, the one where you sold out.
0: Yeah, it's like, I mean, th- believe me, like, <laughs> I wouldn't have as many jobs as I do if I, if I had a million dollars. I would be, I would work a lot less. Um, but it happens all the time, and I've, at the time, there's something really weird about, like, just negative tweets in general, I, like they set me on edge, and then the more I realized they were consuming me, the more I realized it was an easier thing, just to go, no, I'm not I'm not going to pay attention to them now. I'm not even going to block people. I'm going to mute people, because then they can't show off and go, oh, I've been blocked by this person. So it's just, you know. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the whole throwing people through walls thing. I would implore everybody to go onto your Twitter um, and see your pinned tweet at the top of your Twitter feed, which is you um, legitimately throwing someone into a wall, uh, a gif of you doing it. Um, I forget who it is who you're throwing into the wall. Um, I,
1: uh, uh, his name is Steven Frick. Right. Uh, <laughs> he got a, He got an opportunity to face me and I bombed him into a wall
0: <laughs> from the ring. And it's, it's such a brutal gif as well. You just watch it and go, oh God. <laughs>
1: Well, the one the one thing I've learned out it, I'm very innovative with the power bomb. Mm-hmm. I have many different ways to throw people into things, and, and I just got creative with one move, and that's what I kind of known for now is power bombing people into random objects.
0: Which uh, a cool thing. It's a cool thing, man. Huh?
1: <laughs> the, the crowd, the ring post, uh, the stage, the the announcers. Uh, I think I've power bombed everybody into anything that isn't, isn't the ring.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it, it's, well, in in today's society as well, with how social media is used. If you can find something you can be gift for, like even me as a ring announcer, because I do so much comedy in the ring, like that's where the little clips of me as a ring announcer come about. And, and it, and it just helps, helps grow my little tiny brand as a ring announcer. And it's the same. If you're a wrestler, you've got to be, it's, it's a thing, I suppose, No one was thinking about a decade ago, but now everyone's thinking. Are this even with everyone's short attention span and stuff like that? If 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 I can get someone's attention for ten seconds while they see me doing something really really cool, then it's only going to help more people pay attention to me. Which is because I've noticed more and more more and more gifts of you recently of you doing stuff like the cool power bombs and and obviously your tag team stuff you do as well Um, because. That stuff looks badass in a gif, mate. You know, you, 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 people need to well, see that.
1: It's it's funny. It's like people uh, when I when I I I've actually, you know, I have a degree in, in politics and I always uh,
0: which is perfect for wrestling by the way. <laughs>
1: people people underestimate things. Yeah. And I told a lot of people a while ago, I was like, Th- those gifts are important. And a lot of guys were like, oh, wrestlers are just wrestling for gifts now. I go, no, they're not wrestling for gifts. No. Gifts are part of your match. It's like it's like a movie. They give you a preview to sell you the movie. That's what the gift is. Hmm. So pe- the gift is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a preview for people to come watch your match. So maybe they didn't see your match, but they saw what you did here. So now this gives the opportunity to the fan to look you up and find you and actually watch a match. So, you know, a lot of guys are all like, oh, guys. But that's the other thing. You have to still tell your story in the match. Hmm. Don't plan your match around gifts. Gifts will come because if you're telling the right story, there's going to be stuff to give. But if you're not, if you're just wrestling for gifts, then you're not going to have a good match. So when that person comes to watch, actually watch your match is like, oh, wow, this this guy's terrible. And then they tune you out. So it's a double edged sword. You actually have to do good matches at the same time, because I see a lot of guys that do that. They're like they wrestle for the gift Mm. rather than when people go and watch them. They're like, wow, that guy's terrible. And it's because they've focused so much of doing the one cool move to get gifted, but they don't realize the gift is a preview. Yeah. So they want to buy the movie. So when they go watch the movie and it's not like the preview, they're going to tell everybody yeah. that this movie sucks. Yeah. So you need to be careful as a professional wrestler these days of make sure your movie's good, too. You know, don't don't give everybody your cool preview. And then you go and you're like, OK. This movie is terrible. So, I <laughs> you know, because I've seen tons of guys. I'm like, wow, that guy's awesome. And then I, then I watch them, and I'm like, well, you, you did everything wrong. I'm like, to, <laughs> to build to that one spot that Joe K or uh, uh, wrestling with unicorns or all these other guys that are out there that are gifters that that so they could just gift that one spot. Well, the, they have to be aware that. Once they gift you, and your your work isn't good, they're not going to gift you again mm. because it looks bad on them yep. that they keep gifting you. They that's the other thing about gifts that people don't understand. So I, I would I would caution guys that you know this is an era of social media. So be well aware of people are going to watch you because of the gift. So if you're doing your matches just for the gift, be well aware when they buy, when those fans buy that movie. Look, hopefully that movie's good too Yeah, that would be my advice for gifts.
0: Um, let's rewind to when you started now you mentioned when you were watching when you were watching Billy and Chuck and, and stuff like that presumably you were a teenager would that be or yes slightly? I was a
1: teenager with Ch- Chuck and Billy
0: so uh, I mean how young were you when you knew you were gay that's question one and how young were you when you knew you wanted to be a wrestler that's question two Uh I always
1: have known I was gay. Mm -hmm. I have never thought I was straight. Um, that, that, that shocks a lot of people because I've had, I have had multiple relationships with women, um, through college and high school, college, and even, uh, leading up to before I came out. Um, I just couldn't form of emotional attraction towards women. Um, it's not that I don't think they're pretty. I'm like, oh, you're you're obviously like a beautiful woman, but it does nothing for me. Mm. But I've always had, uh, I knew I liked men. Yeah. It, but you know, it's very hard in a sports locker room to turn to your to your uh, what what you would call your mate mm. and say, hey, bro, yeah. Sarah's great, but have you seen Jimmy? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, uh, that was one of the things that I always dealt with. But so, I knew I I fell I fell in love with wrestling weirdly. So my my next door neighbors were my grandparents, but they weren't my biological grandparents. But I always treated them as my grandparents. So my grandmother's mother every Sunday would watch um, professional wrestling and football. And she loved the Dallas Cowboys and professional wrestling because she came from the Ukraine. And when she got here, they told her to be more American. You had to like American things like the Dallas Cowboys and professional wrestling. (laughs) True story. (laughs) So every Sunday I'd watch wrestling with my little sister, with her. And my little sister was, Loved Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart growing up. Mm. Loved them. Like, remember when they did the hotline thing for your birthday? Yeah, dude. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she got that and all that. <laughs> but I wasn't really into wrestling then. Like, that didn't hook me. But Monday Night Wars, that's when I got hooked. You know, I, well, I, I wouldn't say Monday Night Wars, would I, that's exactly when, like, I became a fanatic rather than just a casual watch every Sunday. Because mm. The First live event I ever went to was the Royal Rumble in Albany, New York.
0: Which, what year was that? Uh, yeah. phew. Ric Flair won it. Oh, 92. So, 92, yeah. <laughs> the fact yeah. that I knew it that quick, um, yeah, yeah, 92 is my favorite. I mean, like, I'm, I'm super um, jealous of the fact you were at that as well.
1: That's... Well, I, actually, it's funny. So, Albany, New York. Has some of the coolest moments in professional wrestling on Monday Night. Hmm. So, uh, the the, uh, the the first time, uh, you know, I got to see, you know, those moments. But I got to see the the formation of Degeneration X, the, oh, yeah, the cool. Triple H, uh, uh, Billy, China, Road Dog, X Pac. Yep. So that that happened in Albany, New York. Uh, the rocks taking over the nation of domination happened in New York. Um, the beer truck—I was front row for the beer truck. <laughs>
0: Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, the beer truck was actually funny. So my my parents' best friends, and when you're in New York, they're like your parents' best friends are like your uncle and your aunt, sure. that because that's just how it works. And he w- he knew that I was a huge wrestling fan, so he he uh, helped me get. Uh, tickets right on the ramp and he's like hey something special is happening because he used to own uh, gas stations and a uh, construction company mm. and he worked with uh, De crescenti, which was the beer thing yeah. and they had told him that this was going to happen but didn't <laughs> tell me literally the coolest moment ever is like watching the beer truck pull the Titan And you're like, it's going to fall on me, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that was one of the coolest moments in wrestling that no matter what happens as a, as a fan, it's like you were part of one of the coolest moments ever. And, and I, and I miss those kind of moments. I, I, I wish sometimes there was a Monday night war again to mm. have those kind of moments to draw you in. I, I like, you know, they do a little bit with Stroman with the flipping over the trucks and the Christmas trees and stuff, which is cool. Mm. But I, I, you know, there hasn't been a beer truck moment in like 20 years. And I would love to see another beer truck moment because, you know, it was always cool to go to. That's what, that's what really hooked me in wrestling was like, I want to be a professional wrestler. This is an amazing job. If
0: you get to do that, that's amazing. <laughs> Did you have sort of, with you being a sort of fairly big dude, were you were you playing football and stuff like that? Do you have a sort of sporting background when you were at school and at college? Uh, yes.
1: Uh, I, I grew up playing football. I, I went to college and played football. Hmm. Um, uh, and, but I, you know, what's funny is like I never had the ambition of, uh, like I would love to have played in the NFL, but I never had that ambition. Even when I was in college, and my coach can tell you this, uh, I would literally force the guys to watch wrestling. Like I, <laughs> uh, I, I forced, I forced uh, uh, a lot of the guys to watch the 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 Mania from Orlando, the fir- the first one yeah. where Ric Flair retired. Yeah. <laughs> say what you want but all those guys that were too tough to watch wrestling were crying as soon as Shawn michaels said i'm sorry i love you i'm like yeah guys now tell me wrestling is fake i'm like you're all crying and you said you didn't love it so yeah i played football but uh, like i had always had the passion and mm-hmm. to to actually be a professional wrestler rather than a a football player at the end.
0: Do you think the, the, obviously sort of, and again, we don't have that culture so much in the UK, but do you think the sort of jock culture that is around playing sort of high school and college football, do you think that had an effect on you sort of obviously not wanting to come out, even though, you know, you obviously knew you were gay at the time?
1: Yes uh I it had a huge thing. Well I I went to Catholic school all my life too, you know. So ah. when you're when you're preached that uh it's a sin and you're going to hell and and they it, it it basically and I grew up in a small town where there wasn't uh uh LGBT community around. Hmm. And like I said, there's no role models in sports and TV growing up where I could be like okay, this guy's like me because the only thing I saw on TV growing up was will and grace. And I am nothing like those guys. So I'm like, well, I'm not like those guys. So I am probably not gay, Mm. you know, even though I like guys, but you know, I'm not like that. So that was the only culture that I was, uh, given to. Mm. So I didn't really want to come out because I thought my friends would leave me. Now, that that American jock culture that you're talking about—it's different now. The kids come growing up and co- coming coming up in athletes at now are so much more res- respect respect a guy for being out hmm. w- than they did before. Before you know, in the ninety, the, the the negative part of the '90s was that that attitude era was a lot of homophobic, misogynistic stuff that was all over television especially in wrestling
0: yeah, it was hyper masculine you know? wasn't it the whole, the yeah, whole yeah, it. It was, yeah
1: it was it was over masculine like <laughs> you have to be this way because that's this that's that like the saying like when somebody looks over you and goes well that's gay well w- what does that mean bro <laughs> like i always do that I, I, when somebody's like well that's gay and I'll, and I'll just turn around in the car and go what's gay <laughs> you know I mean, and it does help that the fact that i'm six Foot four, 300 pounds, and everybody kind of knows I'll throw him into a wall. So they, they're like, No, no, man, uh you know, gay like happy. <laughs> so it's like, even though I don't get upset with that, but a lot of people do. Mm. You know, a lot of words hurt people. Words don't hurt. It's easier being a pro wrestler because words don't hurt you as much. Yeah. Because you're used to people like you. We, we're used to negative comments a mm. lot about your work. Like, he's. He's limited in the ring to what he can do, not understanding that, no, that's not what I do. Hmm. You know, a guy like me shouldn't be doing a Canadian Destroyer off the top rope just for you to be like, wow, that guy's super athletic. I am not Will <laughs> I, You know, I am not Ricochet. I can't do what they do. In fact, they might actually be evil magicians at this point.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll definitely. I I,
1: I think they can levitate. So, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm a 300 pound man. Like, I think it's just more impressive that I can like run the ropes properly.
0: Sometimes (laughs) I'm like,
1: (laughs) you know, without getting winded. I'm like, give me some credit, people.
0: When um when did you did you start training to wrestle? while you're at college or, or after college or
1: no so after college i decided that i'm gonna like pursue my my degree you know i want to get into politics well i realized i didn't like politics working for a few campaigns um uh, you know uh I, I dabbled in some presidential work and all that kind of stuff and then i realized this isn't going to work out for me so i i was doing a little bit of uh you know work jobs on the side and I was really going nowhere. I was kind of in my college town. And like, I always say, uh, my buddy ended up playing in the NFL, Tyler Thigpen, and he was actually back. And I don't even know if he even remembers this or that, but we were at, we were out and he was like, well, why don't you do pro wrestling? He's, I was (laughs) like, well, I didn't get a degree to, to be pro wrestler. He goes, well, I didn't get a degree to be a quarterback, but that's what I'm doing. You know, it's your dream. What's the worst that's going to happen? So I did a lot of research because I'm that type of guy. I know it's annoying, but I always like, <laughs> I, I always like try to find the best rather mm. than, um, you know, w- what's out there. I, I don't want to go with people that are going to give you false promises. I'd rather go with real authentic trainers, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. You know, um, so in 2009, I decided to come to 3d Academy and Kissimmee and get trained by Bubba and Devon, And they'll probably hate me for saying this, but the reason I chose them was they were two guys that were what I perceived as limited in their uh, athletic department hmm. and were, became super successful. I wanted to find out how they made themselves athletic and successful. Sure. That's why I chose them. I didn't choose them because I was a huge fan of the Dudley boys. I, I chose them because I looked at them and I'm like, these two men were extremely successful. In fact, they're going into the hall of fame, this WrestleMania. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to know how they did that. Hmm. What made them find a way to fight the adversity to get there? Because they started in a bingo hall wrestling in front of 50 people to probably doing the, one of the most iconic tag matches of all time. When you think TLC, you think you think them. Mm. you there's never been a TLC to match what they did. So I always was, uh, I became enamored by the fact that I'm like, how did they do this? So let me tell you, Going to 3D is probably one of the toughest schools in the world to, to be a part of right. because they expect a lot out of you, and they train you hard. So I, I'm, I, I'm very proud of where I learned to wrestle.
0: I, I think as well, I think the, the, having, having known you for a while, the fact that there's so many people who must just sign up for a wrestling school and just go, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do this. Uh, and I'm going to go to the nearest possible wrestling school, and it doesn't matter what what happens. I, I just want to train to be a wrestler. Whereas you seem to put that level of research into it. To be, it fits your the personality I've got to know with you, which is more. Um, I, I think you're you're more studious and more more considered than a st- than the stereotypical wrestler. I think you, you put a lot of thought and a lot of care into these things. Did you have to move to Florida? Oh yeah, to do
1: it? I. I I literally got in the car with my, my dog, um, left everything that I couldn't fit in my car and drove to Orlando. Um, I didn't tell my parents. I'm really good at keeping secrets from them apparently. Uh, So, and I told them that I was going to visit, uh, a buddy that I grew up with that lived in Orlando. Hmm. And then I was going to go off to law school. That's what I had planned. I had, but I didn't tell them that I was like, I'm actually trying wrestling school. So, um, and it was funny. It was like, so I, I six months into it, uh, we took a family trip and I told my mom and my mom's like, just don't tell your father. <laughs> 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 and, and uh, cause it's kind of a crazy thing to tell your parents is like, Hey, uh, I went to college and all, but now I want to play fight dudes in my underwear. Um, because that's what they look at it as if they've never ever seen professional wrestling. They're like, they're well, come on because everybody <laughs> has that notion now, see, uh, seeing that my passion behind it, they're very supportive, but yeah, I moved down with just my, my dog and my car. I uh, actually have lived out of my car, like, uh, a typical pro wrestler, <laughs> independent <laughs> pro wrestler. Cause I, I spent all my money on pro wrestling school and, uh, when I first moved down here, uh, I went to go visit it with my friend and it, it was closed and the gym that they were in between the gym that was supposed to be there. Cause originally in the, the thing, there was a gym there hmm. and the gym had, I, I had actually picked the day that that one gym moved out before the other gym moved in. Sure. And so it was just this empty thing and I didn't realize it's in the, in the, in the back. And I was like, Oh my God, I lost all my money. <laughs> like, and uh yeah but lo-, lo and behold they were there i went the next day and they were there and i was like whoa Woo. <laughs> I, was like, I was like wow i got i i definitely got worked on this one
0: <laughs> what was the when you first started training what was the the hardest thing to pick up because like just because you're an athlete doesn't and you've got an athletic background it doesn't mean that wrestling's easy some people find it super hard to pick up so what was the what was the hardest thing for you to sort of grasp when you started training Uh,
1: well it's two three things were hard for me to grasp Mm -hmm. one i was older going into training i had already graduated college a lot of the guys are much younger um and this is the video game generation but i'm used to a sports locker room Mm -hmm. and, and i was coming from college so, I come off to them; they don't know how to take me. Sure. You know, I, you know, it was very hard for me. For like, you know, because I wasn't as, as athletically inclined as the younger guys were, because I came from a football background. So I'm I'm already heavy at this time. I was 345 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I'm coming from being an offensive lineman where I'm just. My main thing is pushing people around and my strength to having to move around the ring, doing you know moves that I had never done before. And a lot of these guys pick it up faster because this is the only thing they've ever done. They've mm. never participated in, in any other sport. Yeah. This has always been their, their, the, the one thing they have focused on. So you know they ha- and a lot more and especially when you're a little bit littler, it's a little bit easier to hit a drop kick mm. than it is at 345 pounds to learn a drop kick. So, rest the first part of wrestling school was probably the hardest for me. The first six months, sure. you know, I couldn't do anything right. I, I literally couldn't do anything right, especially. And Bubba would tell me, "I can't do anything right." You know, <laughs> he 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 let me know. <laughs> um, but I've always had a. I'm one of those people that. Have I I drive myself? I I don't need, like, you know, I knew signing up this wrestling for me wasn't a race. I'm not going to get signed, even if I was ever signed. I'm not going to get signed on day one, day two, month one, month two. Mm. It's going to take years for me. I knew that going in. I knew my dream is a marathon. Yeah. And if I could last long enough. Because this, what people don't understand, this business is very hard. It, you have a very, you have very, you have a lot of highs, but you have devastating lows. Mm. And if it's injury or your somebody rips the rug right out from under you when you're really close to doing something very important, you know they a lot of people, especially fans, don't understand what we go through. Sure. You know, especially with family it's hard to explain to your other half that you're driving 17 hours to work five minutes, Mm. you know, you know, it's hard to leave your other half. If you have relationships Mm. and especially when you're older and you're supposed and you know, you do the atypical thing, go to a nine to five every day. Yeah. It's, it's hard. So, you know, I knew going in that this was going to be hard. So I, I, You know, I had a lot of, it took me a very long time. Before I was free to do the indies, it took me a year. Yeah, I went every day. I went Monday through Friday, every day from, from I got there at 11 and I left there at 11 at night, Monday through Friday. Wow. For a year.
0: That's proper commitment though,
1: And I still was terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's such sound advice, the whole, it's not, it's not a sprint because, you know, I've I've been to wrestling schools here in the UK and there's and I, I'll watch someone who's been training for maybe three months and then they'll send me a DM on Twitter saying, "How do I get booked by Progress?" and it's like, well, like you have to be one of the very best in the country to get booked by us. Like yeah. you know, it's not. I'm sure you will be one day, but you've been you've been doing this three months and you've maybe had two matches. You know, come back in a couple of years, but it's not just be just. Try, just try to get better all the time, and that's enough. You know, that's what. It's such sound advice for people when they're they're starting out. I think it's. I I do like the fact you mentioned Bubba sort of telling you that you weren't very good. I mean, some people thrive on. It's not the motivation behind it, but some people would prefer always to be told bluntly that they're not good enough, rather than have someone say, "Oh, it's fine." Could, do you think having that sort of harsh criticism help make you better?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it helps you deal with everything that happens in the wrestling world. Mm. I don't like... I've, I, I've never been a guy that likes people sugarcoating things or blowing smoke up my ass. Mm. I, I, I'd rather you tell me, you're not going to book me because you don't think I'm good. Mm. Because that's going to give me motivation to prove to the world that, yeah, you made a mistake on me. I mm. am good. And I am going to do this. I use it as motivation rather than, oh, my God, this guy thinks I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, guess what? At one time, somebody thought that guy was terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: So it, it, it's it's one of those things. Like, but I, I, I got that, you know, I was lucky to have awesome parents mm. and, and be part of sports. And I think sports actually helped me in that opportunity because the, the the one thing I learned about sports is you're never as special as you think you are and you're and there's never not an opportunity for you mm. so if you think you're special and you don't want to work hard anymore there's somebody else behind you willing to take your spot yeah and I, and, I, and I always knew that in any profession so when people tell me I'm not good I, I I'm one of those people that I know my limitations, but I'm going to work. So they're not limitations anymore.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When, how long from when you started training to your first, your first match?
1: So, so after a year, uh, I think Bubba got tired of me uh, <laughs> because, because how 3d works is, uh, Devon teaches you the moves. Yeah. He is, uh, he has the patience of, of a saint, mm. uh, cause he'll be like, Okay, well, that arm drag wasn't an arm drag. I don't exactly know what that was, but you know, <laughs> it, it, hey, we 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 got you to go over. Okay, so now that you went over, we're gonna we're, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Let's try it again. Where Bubba expects you to already arm, know an arm drag, mm. like he's like, I showed you how to do it. Why didn't you do it? Yeah, <laughs> like so. But they, they move Bubba to what Bubba is really good at. Bubba's brilliant when it comes to psychology. Sure. Absolutely brilliant. Like and so is Devon, and, and that was the coolest thing about it was you get two different perspectives mm. on psychology of professor professional wrestling because they tell you this is just my opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. But when it comes to psychology and a storytelling in a match, they're absolutely brilliant. Just mm. the stuff that I learned but uh i learned the little uh, uh, one of the little tricks is when bubba gets angry he tells you more information so and the good thing about me was i was always making bubba angry i i, I, I literally i think i think i could have gave bubba a heart attack <laughs> how how much he yelled at me um it's, it's just it's just me i it, you know but I got to learn that way because Bubba would always give me more information how to do things right. So now I know all this stuff in the back of my head. So finally, after the first year, he's like, I finally gave him a character. Like I was going to do a comedy character. Mm. And he's like, fine, fine. Go do it. Do it. (laughs) Just, just, just do it. And so I went out and I was actually very good at doing comedy. I love comedy. I love making kids laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I I like I like bringing I like telling stories. So and it gave doing comedy gave me the unique ability to try everything outside the box in wrestling. Yeah. I wasn't stuck with A B C D E F G. This is how a match should go. I was like, okay, let's have a playground street fight. You know. <laughs> so and the uh, the concept was. You can only use things you would find on a playground. Makes sense. So I didn't. Yeah. So I would do the Mick Foley spot with a thumbtacks, but it would be Legos, Army Men, and gummy bears. <laughs> I had I had a uh, before the elite was using the bear. I had Stone Cold Bear. Uh, he would come out and stone cold stutter people in the middle of my match um, he was also my Ralphus. he came as a security guard because what would a giant five year old have as a security guard his teddy bear yeah, so it was absolutely. a guy in a giant teddy bear outfit that came to the ring with me <laughs> You know where else would that work in professional wrestling? Correct. So you know, but I I got to have a Star Wars match with stormtroopers. Darth Vader levitated me. (laughs) Uh, uh, Me and EC3 did a whole John Cena esque match. Like I got to do things that were literally outside the box. Yeah. But it also limited to me where I could be booked. Of course. Because Top promotions tend to not book comedy, yeah. which is which is sad sometimes because wrestling is a circus and everything has a place.
0: Yeah, you need the basketball. clown. You need the clowns as well as you need the trapeze. You? I always
1: exactly. Think. If you if you have all the trapeze, I, that's everybody's a trapeze artist. I'm yeah. like, okay, well. I have to watch this for like, okay. I just saw that the last match. I just saw that the last match, mm. you know, you need everything you need. You need the bears, the lions, tigers, and bears. You need the magic show. You need stuff because wrestling is for everyone. And I'm a big proponent of that. Wrestling is for everyone. That's the coolest thing about wrestling. You, you could be the poorest person or the richest person and still sit in the front row and boo and cheer the same guy. Yes. Yeah the same way, because wrestling doesn't discriminate. Actual pro wrestling doesn't discriminate. That's why I love professional wrestling. So, you know, being my Mikey character gave me the unique perspective of seeing what works and what doesn't work, and what makes people uh, cheer and boo. Mm. Uh, So, the only problem was I stayed in a little bit too long.
0: Yeah. I mean, when was the point where you went from that character to the, the character that you are today.
1: So uh, so uh, leading up to it, there, there's there's been things in wrestling that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do. Mm. So no matter what happens from this point on, I I I've done a lot. So I've got the opportunity to do extra work. I got I you know I did aces and eights. It was such a learning experience. You know I learned how to get heat in the locker room. That, that's right this guy did.
0: Uh, <laughs> what did I mean if you can can you say what you did
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I, I could totally say it because it's out there you can actually watch it oh, you God. know so when you're when you're when you're young I should have never had the opportunities I did mm. but being here in Orlando and Bubba was in there you know you get calls because you're right here mm. and so we, we we got calls we, we did a lot we, we I was Bobby Roode security uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, Bischoff's best friend, you know, <laughs> I got to do cool stuff at, at TNA. And then, uh, this aces and eights thing came up wow. and they're like, Hey, we need extra. Well, I, every day I kept getting booked for it for the whole run before they revealed everybody. But I was like, like, Oh my God. This is, the, this is a huge break. Not understanding, like, because you're excited. This is mm. something new. You're on TV. You know, you might be in a mess, but you're getting opportunities to be in the ring with Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sting, Kurt Angle, Hulk Hogan. Mm. Like, I don't care who you are, and a little bit in your head, you're kind of marking out. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can't believe man. this is really happening, that I'm getting hit with a chair by Sting. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I... Should, uh, did I, you know, take it the right way? No, I, 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 wanted to show that I was that I could be here, that I could hang, mm. and I stepped on a few toes. That you know, I didn't take my role the way I should. You know, mm. uh, I was more. I, I think a lot of it is the fact that I, I am a little bit older, so I talk when I shouldn't have talked, mm. and so that got me a lot of heat. You know uh, I, I wanted to be on camera, you know, I would put myself in positions and it was wrong and I shouldn't have done it, you know, but I didn't know back then the, like I do now. So everything's a learning experience and you take it and you learn from it. I also had the opportunity, the, the most heat I ever got was, uh, uh, the, uh, what, what is their names? Uh, the, um, I was supposed to do a Santa segment for, for them. And it was me, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Daniels Hmm. and Kazarian and, um, and we're doing this and and the cowboy James storm and I had to be Santa, but I had to be a rude Santa for them. But I didn't know what to say because nobody ever really told me. They said kind of wing it. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll wing it. And I'm kind of a naturally witty guy when you give me one answer responses. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing comedy on the independent scene, so it kind of comes naturally to me. So James was like, I'll say this, you say this, I'll say this, you say this. Well, I said it, and they thought I was like going into business for myself. <laughs> oh, God. and so they were so upset and and i'm like to this day i haven't got the opportunity to apologize to them because i never meant to be disrespectful Mm. whatsoever like i was just winging it because i didn't know what to say like i didn't want to just sit there and not answer because i was like if i don't say anything i'm gonna get in trouble (laughs) you know like (laughs) so all i said was one word answers but everybody would laugh and i'm like and so they they like thought I was talking too much, hmm. which which I totally understand now, being in the business way longer. But I was only in the at that point, I was really only in the business about two and a half years. Sure. So I didn't know really anything. So yeah, I was a heat-seeking missile, <laughs> like like which I, I find I,
0: so hard to believe, having met you, and like <laughs> one of well, the least offensive was, people I've ever met. But
1: but at the time too, I was also in a very bad period of my life, Mm. that's when everything was coming crashing down on me and my depression and I was gaining weight and like being closeted was getting to me. My world was falling apart and I had nobody to talk to. So decisions I was making weren't the best decisions because my judgment was clouded and everything I did, because the only thing I cared about was people not finding out I was gay. Mm. That and that that was and at that level, right around that time was my breaking point. So.
0: No, I mean, this is this is something that I know you've brought up in, in interviews as well. But was this around the time that you, you, you undertook conversion therapy?
1: Um. So right before the TNA, I, I tried the conversion therapy. Um. So right before I did the aces and eights. Mm. And then shortly after we were all let go, that's when I like, and I talk about it in interviews too, cause it goes hand in hand mm. is I, I'm not suicidal, but I did try to take my life because I was so depressed mm. and everything had gotten to me, you know? And, and I do like to talk about it because people don't understand what it's like to be closeted mm. and what the feelings like. I, I explain it like this. It's like having all the friends in the world, but you're the most alone you'll ever feel. Mm. So I couldn't tell people what I was going through. And, you know, so it all kind of got to me. So uh, that period of time when I was doing all the TNA stuff was actually the worst period of my life. And then I added on top of it that everybody hated me. I'm like, great. This is, this is good. You're, you're doing stellar, Mike, Mm. Uh, really, really winning with this wrestling thing.
0: The, the, the conversion therapy thing's is an unusual thing. I've I've got a, a, a friend in this country who's nothing to do with wrestling just someone I've known for mm-hmm. about a decade who um, he uh, he's again he's from a, a Catholic background and his parents uh, who he's not particularly close to sent him to um, he was out but they sent him to conversion therapy even though he was out um, which I remember him telling me about and me finding it particularly sort of horrific and draconian and I mean, it must have been such a... Obviously, there must have been part of you that that wanted to try and get through it because you thought that would make your life better. But equally, going through that experience must have been something that that eventually brought you around to to coming out, if that makes sense.
1: Well, first, like, I was was one of the oldest people there. I put myself into it because I didn't want to be gay. Hmm. I was looking for anything, even if it was the... I was desperate. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't want to be gay. I, I wanted I wanted to feel like my friends. I wanted to feel normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if that makes sense, sure. you know. Now that I look at it, I know I'm normal. Like, but then. You, you tell yourself all these negative things. You paint a picture of once you say the words, I'm gay, your life is over. Sure. Like you paint yourself that picture, especially as a closet athlete, especially as a professional wrestler, you paint this picture that the world is going to end the moment you do it. So you look for opportunities to maybe not have that happen. So that's why I chose it. But, I, I chose to leave, um, and, and I'm going to say this, like I always say, nobody there was negative towards me. And mm. I, I didn't get laser shocked or anything like that. I chose one that was purposely confidential, silent, but I did see, uh, it was the first time in my life that I knew I wasn't alone, yeah. that other people thought the way I did in their head, you know, that people had the same feelings for other men Mm. that I did because truthfully, I never had gay friends. Uh, it's not, uh, I, maybe I didn't know or, you know, but I was never in the gay community. So I didn't know the gay lifestyle. Mm. So it, you know, I never had anybody to talk to, Yeah, but after a while learning that, you know, their main thesis was, you know, trying to get you to date girls. I'm like, I didn't have a problem dating girls. I'm Like, you know, I don't, I don't have that problem. Mm. I'm like, I just don't like them or have any emotional attraction. How do you fix that? Well, you know, one of the things where you're going to have to work harder at it, pray. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, praying is not a magical wish. Um, (laughs) Praying is a, uh, to me, praying is a conversation with God. It's not a wish. He's not a genie you know like if he was i'd be making a hell of a lot more wishes
0: Um,
1: (laughs) you know know, send that wwe contract over my way (laughs) apparently that doesn't work Mm. trust me i've tried um (laughs) so once i realized their their philosophy was extremely flawed I i left but you know I can't say whether it works or it doesn't work cause I didn't complete it. Hmm. And, but I say it, why it doesn't, didn't work for me. And I'm it. you know, decisions you make, I never regret, hmm. you know, do the, the, the only one thing now that I, I, I wish, I wish I came out sooner. Hmm. I wish I was me sooner. Because I wonder what I would be like, how far I would be in my career. Because the one thing that held me back in everything I've ever done in life was the fact that I was in the closet. Sure. My fear held me back. Because since I've come out to my friends and family, I've seen ultimate success in my career. I'm a better worker. I, I am a better friend. I'm a better person because I no longer have the. I don't longer have that fear on my back. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: But can you remember the first, uh, the first person you sort of came out to within wrestling? Because obviously yes, you mentioned uh, that people in the locker room have known about it for some time. But
1: Yeah. Uh, the first person I ever came out to was uh, my manager at Evolve, uh, Daniel Drennan. Uh, he he's the first person that ever I ever came, had the courage to come out to. Um, it was funny. It was like I had invited him out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell him. Um, so I literally uh, we went out. I started getting drunk because how do you tell your friend like, "Hey, bro, uh, <laughs> everything you know about me, uh, I'm gay." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I didn't know how to do it. So we go the whole night. We're going to the we're we're, we're leaving, and uh, we're getting in our rides to leave, and I, I, I tell somebody I'll be like I, I have to go talk to him so I, I go to talk to him he gives me a hug and he's like I'll see you tomorrow I was like I was like, I, I have to tell you something he's like can this wait and I started breaking down I'm like no it can't and I blurted out that I'm gay and he goes bro that's never nobody's ever going to believe that stop trying stupid stories that aren't going to work for you <laughs>
0: he literally thought it was
1: I was trying to pitch a wrestling storyline <laughs> The joy and, and of professional I was like, wrestling. No, I'm not pitching a wrestling storyline. I'm really gay, and I started crying. And I, what people know about me is like, I I don't cry. Mm. I, I'm not like I don't, I don't like I'm not a crier. Mm. Like, even like, people have watched me get busted open, gate like uh, broken ribs, all this kind of stuff, especially in wrestling, and work through it. Yeah. But that that's why he knew something was wrong and something was up. He's mm-hmm. like, are you crying? And I'm like, you don't understand. And I'm like, he's like, and he just hugged me. He's like, bro, that's awesome. I, I don't care that you're gay. He goes, that, that's a good thing. He's like, who knows? And I was like, you, you're the only one that knows. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. So, and the, the, the awkwardness about it was, we, we didn't get to see each other for like two weeks so of course in my head I'm like he hates me now he's never gonna talk yeah. to me again it was just we were in different area like our, our jobs didn't line up so we couldn't hang out the next the following week mm-hmm. so of course I made it up in my head that he hated me and then he was like no I don't hate you I just went about you're normal like uh, was it supposed to change was I supposed to be like like are you dying or something <laughs> so, like uh-huh. so he's the first first person worker and first person to mm. ever know that I was gay besides my fiance.
0: <laughs> you see, and, and that's the thing. So you've been, how long have you been with your fiance now? Uh, four and a half years. So you were with him before you started coming out to, uh, Oh
1: to yeah. Russia. Uh, the, my fiance is a trooper. Mm. Uh, he, uh, I told him when I first met him, he would never meet anybody. The only time he could come over is the cover of night. And, uh, and I'm probably not. I'm never coming out to anyone. Imagine telling your, uh, your your other half that you can't meet any of their friends, family, coworkers, nothing. You don't exist. The only time you can come over is when it's pitch black out, and I'm going to sneak you in. Yeah, that's. That, I mean,
0: that, I mean that, that, it's proof that he loves you, dude. I mean, that's something.
1: Yeah. And what happened with that was, I I literally we we we, we, start, we we were seeing each other for two weeks and uh i'm not very good with like I, stuff doesn't offend me so i sometimes i figure it just doesn't offend other people mm. and we got into a fight because he was telling his little brother he shouldn't say something is gay mm. he goes that's wrong that hurts people's feelings and i was like no that video game was probably gay and he he got really upset with me because i didn't understand what he was saying mm. at the time and he didn't talk to me for three weeks Whoa. because I was being bullheaded and I wasn't going to call him because I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. It was the worst three weeks of my life. That's how I knew I loved the kid. Mm-hmm. And, and and so when he actually did call me, he's like, you're not going to. He called me three weeks later and he was like, you weren't going to call me. And I was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Meanwhile, I was like, I totally want to call. him. I wanted to call him right <laughs> after I had it. And so I told myself, I said, listen, you know, if you want to keep this kid, you're going to have to start making, uh, you know, you have to work towards this. Yeah. Do you want to, do do you want to be out? So I told him, I'm like, listen, I'm going to go out on a real first date with you. They were the worst first dates ever, <laughs> but they were, they, I should go on a date. Uh, our, our, let's see what happened. Our first date, I was on my phone the whole time because uh, I didn't know what to say to him. I'm like, "How do you date a dude?" Um, the <laughs> our second date, uh, I we went to the uh, was we we went to like a, a gay bar, and, and I first had a panic attack before going, so I drank a lot because it was the first gay bar I'd ever been to. And I don't, I was waiting in line, ended up getting into a fight because a kid punched me in the face, and. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so he comes out of the bathroom, and security's surrounding me. Everybody's screaming. Yeah, it looked like the Hulk just beat up everybody. There's blood on me. Like He's like, what? Stop! And then our third, our third date, uh, we went to the, my, uh, a bar, and I accidentally got roofied because there was a frat party going on in the bar, and I picked up a girl's drink that wasn't my drink, drank Whoa. it, and... I literally, I'm, I'm a big man and I only had one drink, but he doesn't know that I was kind of roofied at the time. He just thought maybe I was like taking drugs or something. So now he has this opinion of me. I'm like, why is this all happening? (laughs) So it was literally like, like I say, I am lucky that he stayed with me because everything in that thing was like, wow, I really need to leave. If it was me, I'd be like, wow, wow. This is
0: epically terrible. (laughs) Um, Oh my God, they're amazing stories. Um, So, um, if we, you are the, I think you're the second guest on this podcast to have been on Good Morning Britain. I wish you could be the first one. Um, But but Zach Gibson, Zach Zach Gibson's been on it, I think. Um, Mm. Now, My biggest sadness was... British though, I'm American. Precisely, which is much... When you messaged me and said, I'm on this thing called Good Morning Britain, I messaged you back going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, which is such a cool thing because, you know, it's it's a proper mainstream um, TV program here. And the the one thing that makes me really sad was you weren't on with Piers Morgan, were you, who is a presenter?
1: I was was not on with Piers Morgan. I did, uh, I, I think originally I was supposed to be on Piers Morgan, but uh you there was some kind of political thing going on mm. at the time so my i actually had to be moved two weeks
0: yeah and i remember it
1: fell on when ben and kate were the hosts mm. who are awesome people by the way i actually the whole experience back there was a riot uh, like it was probably the funniest experience because i'm an independent wrestler so i'm used to literally sharing hotel rooms or sleeping cool. on floors or you know they 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 flew me over i they gave me a they they got me a uh, a driver all the way to this expensive hotel but the hotel was literally a block away from the tv studio hmm. so i was like oh i'll walk i'll <laughs> totally walk over there and they're like oh no we'll drive you over i'm like you bought a car for me to go a block <laughs> like i was like I, like i was like in my head i was like maybe they don't think i'm smart <laughs> maybe, like like maybe they think I'm going to get lost somehow like it's literally next to, like it's less than a block from the hotel so I I, I get there and I'm like uh, I go through security and the guy's like hi uh, the security guards he's like how can I help you I'm like I think I'm supposed to be on the TV show he's like oh, oh okay hold on <laughs> <laughs> and, Like, uh, apparently, like, I went to the wrong side door. So they were right. (laughs) They were right that they needed to bring me a car because I went to the wrong side door.
0: Oh, Ben! I know Ben's a good dude because Ben's actually... He's been we filmed something with someone that ben presents a tv program with um a football show here uh ages ago and he was really really cool about that and uh, soccer show yeah and he's just a you know he's a, he's a good dude i think when i remember i think i was telling my wife that you were on it and she was like i hope he's on with piers morgan i just want to see someone powerbomb piers morgan Which is a a shame. It's a missed opportunity that you didn't get the power one Piers Morgan, but it also probably means that you didn't have to put up with him being a dick to you. What's funny is
1: I was more nervous to be on with Ben and Kate than I was Piers Morgan. Really? Yeah, because I know what Piers Morgan is. Mm. Uh, You know, this is. uh, I'm a pro wrestler, you know what I mean? Mm. People like him are all over our business so i can deal with him but when people are like nice like ben and kate i'm like okay (laughs) what's gonna happen like you don't know what they're gonna like really ask you and i'm like i get what peers like i can predict what peers would say or act or do because that's who peers is yeah but then you get ben and kate and i'm like I don't know who Ben and Kate are. So I'm doing all this like research going on the show being like, okay, cause I don't want to look like a fool that I don't know who Ben and Kate were. Because uh-huh. like I asked you, I'm like, who, who are, who are like, what's this show? <laughs> because <laughs> I, I'm American. I don't know what good morning Britain is. I know who Piers Morgan is because he was the dude that took over for Larry King. Yeah. And he was on a lot of shows in America. So I got, who Piers Morgan was. But then when I get there and it's Ben and Kate, I'm like, Oh oh no, what do I do? <laughs>
0: like, I, I,
1: Cause I always, uh, I'm a big believer. It's very disrespectful. If you're going to somebody else's say promotion or, or program and you don't know anything about that. Mm. I, I think that's, I think that's a little disrespectful. So I try to find out stuff about them, And then I find out that he's on like the cover of muscle and fitness. I'm like, great.
0: I was like,
1: I was like, sweet. They got the muscle and fitness model, and then they got the sweetest lady next to me. I'm like, yeah, the, yeah. I'm gonna look like a giant ogre on British television.
0: I thought you came across wonderfully, and I think have you found that? So th- this is the thing I talk about a lot. In that I'm very open. Like, I have bipolar disorder, so I'm very open about talking about it, and I'm very open about the fact that I'm an alcoholic and, and and stuff like that, and and. And I find that I get a lot of people DM me on Twitter or, or, or send me messages just asking for advice or saying that something I've said's meant something to them, which, which means the world to me. I mean, have you found that you've sort of reached a whole sort of uh, new audience by, by being so cool about coming oh, out? Yes.
1: The, that, the, the, it's been literally, and I said it on Twitter,
0: it's been the most
1: humbling experience of my life. Mm. Um just the messages, uh, the pe- uh, kids asking me, how did they come out to their teammates that people sharing their st- coming out stories with me? Uh, I'm still going through messages. I think I've had up to 20,000 messages Whoa. between, uh, between Twitter, Facebook, emails, people every day I get a new message. Um, I just read your story. Uh, I, I live in Finland. Um, thank you. Uh, I, people that are in countries where you can't be gay or they'll kill you mm. have sent me messages. So for them to take the time, if somebody read that, that they could go to jail just to tell me that my story helped them feel not alone it's it's unreal it's 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 humbling you know and sometimes you don't know what to say to people Mm. like in certain situations you know one guy told me he's straight and he shared a story he goes because you shared your story I want to share my story with you he's like his uh fiance had uh died in a car accident and and wrestling was something that they bonded with Mm. and now seeing me and Odinson there And he really had liked us. And then when that story came out, he goes, I wanted to share with you something because I know that was hard for you. This is hard for me. Thank you for what you do. Mm. And just, you know, people that do that, it's unreal. Like that, 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 you know, hearing that my, my, my article was shared millions of times worldwide is just mind blowing. Yeah. Like um, even after being on Good Morning Britain and having every, everybody f- uh, that that program reach send messages of support uh, uh, of of, you know, their idea or or their wishes, how they wish things would be. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I I I, I will never not be humbled by every message that I get because, you know, it's important for people to listen mm. and it's important for people to feel that they're not alone. And, you know, I take, I read, I try to read every message that's sent to me. Um, you know, I might not be able to respond to every one of them because there's so many, sure. but I do read them. I do take the time and, you know, you know, multiple times, a lot of those messages have brought me to tears mm. because they are just overwhelmingly some sad stories and what happened to them. And, uh, you know, th- and people just thanking you. And I'm like, I didn't go through any of that. I, I feel, you know, how can I help you? You know, those, those sort of situations, uh, is, 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 is on it, it's, it's, it makes me feel like I did the right thing.
0: Mm. I think one hundred percent you did the right thing. I think it's it, it's one of my favourite stories to have come out of wrestling in in the last few years. I just think it's seeing the the positive response that you've got uh, is just I, I, it's, I've been blown away by it. And I'm I'm someone who's just on the fringes of it as someone who knows you, and and I think it's. I think it's such a cool story, which is why I wanted to have you on to to, to chat today. Um,
1: well, one of the most amazing things was you you have like I, I, I had emailed you and I told you mm. you have an awesome roster. I would say so many people from your roster that don't even know me, mm. that might not even know my work, all reached out to me and and said something kind. Yeah. That's really cool. And you, you know, they don't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? So to see the support I've had in professional wrestling, not not only from the fans, but from everybody that I work with or trying to work with has been crazy. Like something I didn't know was going to happen happened. And it's, it's a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get met- people reaching out to you and saying thank you mm-hmm. or people being like, yeah, I support you, man. This is a good thing, you know? that that that's a, you know re, uh, wrestling wrestling is it shows you wrestling is different mm. and, you know there, there's a i think that's why the independents are so successful now a lot of guys are working together ex, instead of against each other
0: yeah yeah i'd agree with that i think it's it's all it's all very positive and uh, and, and and very lovely and you are coming here in April, aren't you? Well, I'm not here. I'm I'm away in America and Australia. But you're here. Yeah,
1: you're going to be in Australia. But I'm I am there April 16th in Brighton, yeah. uh, 17th in Liverpool, and 18th in London. I'm going to actually be with Jack.
0: You are indeed, Mister Sexsmith Will be with you, won't he? So yeah, um... uh, it's our our
1: our in in inclu- inclusivity tour, as we say. You know, Jack does a lot for. For charity out there hmm. and you know uh, i do a lot try to do a lot for charity here because you know we like to when if you have the opportunity and the ability to give back i think people should yeah and uh me and jack have been talking and uh we're, we're looking forward to working together
0: and it's and you guys are basically you're doing uh, rather than wrestling you're doing sort of spoken word stuff aren't you i believe it's like
1: that- yeah we're, Is that- we're doing question and answer we're doing uh storytelling. We, we want people to get, we, we, me and Jack are very fan friendly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we like people's opinions. We want to debate stuff. We want to talk about stuff. Mm. We want stuff out in the open because you can't have a conversation if you never start it. Mm. So what we want to do is start a conversation about LGBT matters. Mm. You know, we want to start, why isn't why isn't there an lgbt storyline in pro wrestling Mm. why why isn't there you know we want fans we want people to come there and get to meet us Mm. and and understand who we are
0: i I think i think the whole it's such a nice thing to try and do something that is about inclusivity as well because knowing that jack's really into it and knowing that you are i think it and, and again the fact that this this one interview you doing this one interview has has kind of it, it's afforded you this opportunity because if you hadn't have done that interview then this your your profile wouldn't be at a point where this would be possible and i think that's i think it's such a, it's such it's such conclusive proof that you doing the interview was the right thing to do the, yeah the it, cool it, things you know,
1: have come it's out. like it, it's funny it's because i before i did the interview you know uh, guys told me to do it but you know uh, Gabe and Court Bauer here. I, those are the two major promotions, MLW Mm -hmm. and, uh, evolve that I work for here over in the United States. And I, I went to them before and I said, Hey, you know, I have this interview, um, because what happened was, so the guy that did the interview, uh, David Hudson, he, he followed me on Instagram and, uh, and was like, then followed me on Facebook and then saw me. Pur- I put my proposal up on Facebook, mm. and on my Facebook is just uh, people that I'm friends with. Sure. You know, it, it's 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 workers and people that are close to me. So I didn't hide who I was on there, uh, but fans didn't know. And he mm. he asked me, he's like, "Do the fans know?" And I was like, "No, sir. They they do not. I just uh, I'm open, but I haven't told them." Mm. And he's like can I do an interview with you? And so I was like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) I, you know, I asked my core group of guys, you know, I told Odinson and them that, Hey, should I do this interview? And they're like, yeah, do the interview. And then I asked, you know, guys that I trusted, like Martin stone and all that. Mm. Martin was the first one to be like, you need to do the interview. Yeah. He's a good guy. This is important. He goes, because your story is different people need to know that you are, Hmm. you know, you, you have the, he, he goes, if you have the ability to help people, you should do it. Absolutely. And, and and it was, it was great advice, you know? Um, And so I decided to do the interview and I'll tell you, I thought he hated my story. I honestly (laughs) thought he hated my story. I was like, Oh, this guy, like, like, I I think he, like, I thought he was going to expect to like that. I had all these negative things happen to me and I told him a kind of a different story. Yeah. And when he got off with me, I was like, okay. And th- it took like four, four weeks, five weeks before they printed it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, so I was like, Oh, okay. And then it happened when we were home at Christmas uh, uh, December 27th, the article came out mm-hmm. and literally Morgan, uh, my fiance goes, what's happening? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, everybody's hitting me up on Facebook and sharing this story about you. And I was like, and then I look on my Twitter and I have it's up to like at that point it was up to 6,000 people. Now, it, it, now it's up to 8,000 people and I'm like, okay, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's happening? And then I get all these emails and I'm like, and then I uh, Facebook contacted me and they're like, who are you <laughs> because there, I, I reached my maximum maximum everything in less than 30 seconds.
0: Yeah.
1: And like I was on like on all these like uh, LGBT sites, uh, people were debating what I said and I'm like, Whoa, what is happening? <laughs> and like, it took me back a second. And then, uh, I went from there because I honestly didn't think that I thought I I thought that wrestling people would pick it up, yeah. but I didn't think the world would pick it up.
0: I think that's the it, cool it, thing. Does
1: that make sense?
0: That's the cool thing is that it it transcend. Like I had a friend of mine who knows nothing about wrestling but knows that I love wrestling. Send me the article saying, "Have you seen this?" And I could reply and go, "Yeah, I, I know the guy." Like, but it was really cool that it did. It it it, it was going over the boundaries of just wrestling fans and that's the sign that, that something very positive is happening and like you are saying if you're getting people contacting you who are you know not necessarily in wrestling but maybe in a football team and want to know how to come out to their um, to their teammates that's you're doing something really positive for the, the for everybody rather than just for, for our little niche of, of professional wrestling which is it's such a cool thing and I, I, I'm really pleased that it's it's worked out in the way that it has and you know
1: um, it, yeah. It's it, it still, like I said, it still surprises me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, especially when guys have come out since the article and have said it was because my article has helped them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so no matter what happened, it's worth it because mm-hmm. I helped them be them, yeah. you know, uh, just to hear. And it was just hearing as somebody is like them. So yeah. that's one of the most important things from, I, I hope people get from the article is the only thing I was trying to do was to show people that they're not alone by sharing what happened to me mm. you know this, this isn't anybody else's story it's just my story yeah. and if my story can help help a 14 year old not not want to take his own life because he feels like he's alone and feels like he has nobody to talk to he has somebody to talk to mm. there's somebody like him there, there's somebody like everybody yeah you know you're not alone, and there's people that can help you yeah.
0: now the article this is the the last thing i'm going to ask you about but the um <clears throat> the article is um the coolest thing like i've known you for for a year now, and the coolest thing I know about you is, 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 the coolest thing that anyone I know has done in a long time is that article and all the all the stuff that's gone around it since before the article came out the coolest thing that you'd ever done for me was get me a crate of salted caramel monster. Um, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> your, your obsession. Your, yes. Yeah. You, you're the, you're one of the main reasons that um, the obsession exists because obviously I was enjoying that stuff in Orlando and you latched onto it and you, I think you knew a dude who managed to hook me up with some, I think that's how it worked. I
1: knew. I, so what ha- the story is you were uh, a, can we say bitching on your podcast <laughs> about the fact that uh, monster energy drink didn't have your salted caramel yes. uh, energy, which I think is nasty by the way, but monster, if you're listening to this podcast, sponsor <laughs> this poor man because he needs it. But I had a, a, a friend that was a rep for a monster energy drink and I asked him, I'm like, Hey, so I have, I have a friend who ha- has, so um, uh, the first batch I sent you mm. uh was taken by customs. Yes, it was. And you yeah, <laughs> you weren't you and returned to me. <laughs> uh so I had to find the way to get your stuff to me uh a case of it for you to New York. Mm. The first case I got you uh apparently uh the 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 great empire you live in um, (laughs) decided that caramel salted caramel, uh, monster drinks are not for the British. Yes. Um, and they, they confiscated them. Yes. Um, so I had to find a way to get to you monster salted caramel, uh, uh, energy drink, which is still terrible. I have no idea why anybody, first of all, salted caramel is terrible period. And I don't know why you would ever think it's not. Oh, it's Second of all, <laughs> that as an energy drink, bro. <laughs> awesome.
0: and that's the best part of this is all the time while you were telling me you were getting at me, you were reminded me that it was terrible. <laughs> it's
1: like, like literally they made, it's like they made the worst flavor and the one person that wants it. I'm like, w- what? First of all, it's like, It's like, hey, I made this drink. It tastes like terrible. And it's an energy drink. You should drink it. And I was like, I don't even, how did you even walk into a, uh, actually, the question's for you. When you're in Orlando, did you just walk into a store and be like, damn, that drink looks amazing.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: there's so many more drinks that I'm like, that looks refreshing. But salted caramel anything doesn't sound refreshing whatsoever.
0: So I don't really drink coffee. Um, like like John and Glenn the the other guys behind Progress, do drink a lot of coffee. I don't particularly care for it, but I love salted caramel stuff. And I, you know, the the, the you because you live in Orlando, you probably I don't know if you stayed in the same hotel as everybody when we were in in Orlando last year, but the WWE. No, hotel, I, I was I was lucky
1: enough that I actually lived uh, by the by the venue oh, at amazing. the time.
0: So we um, the hotel was right next to a Seven Eleven, and um. One night I went into the seven eleven in my ludicrous Mustang that I hired so I could feel like a rock star for a few days. And I I pulled in there and I got some gas and I went in and I, I, I bought pretzels, which you can you can buy in less frequency in this country than you can in the States. So I bought I bought a load of pretzels. You can't buy. You
1: guys you can, have a shortage of pretzels too.
0: They're just not as popular here as they are there. And I love pretzels. How are they not popular? They're pretzels. They just you can find them here, but not like chocolate covered ones and stuff. So you know. Well, next time you
1: book Walter, tell him to bring you a bag of pretzels <laughs> from Germany.
0: <laughs> so we, um, so I got some pretzels and I got I got various other snacks. And then I was looking in the fridge. I was like, I'm going to get myself a can of energy drink for in the morning because I think that it was the uh, the next day was our show. So I looked in, in the fridge and saw Salty Caramel Monster and I um, I waited until the next morning. I drank it and then had two cans of it a day for the rest of my time while I was in America. Um, and and thanks to the... Well, uh, and thanks to be to the... fair,
1: it, it, we didn't sleep for <laughs> multiple days. People need to know that about WrestleMania weekend. Yes. WrestleMania weekend, You, if you're a wrestler, you do not sleep. It's mm-hmm. literally... You're literally running on, by the last day, you don't want to talk to any, by the time (laughs) WrestleMania actually happens, you don't want to be like awake. You're like, you're so tired that you're like, I just want this week to end. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do understand the fact that you were drinking, because I was drinking multiple Red Bulls I, if I was ever to get my blood pressure taken by the last day, I swear to God, they would be like, how are you alive? Cause I was just living
0: off of Red Bulls. It's, it's weird in that I don't, I don't have caffeine the rest of the time. So people often see me at a progress show with, I normally drink uh, monster, monster ultra, the, the white sort of carbonated one. So I often, I often drink that on show days and people like progress fans will bring me a can of it if they know that I've just flown in that morning or something. But I, Caffeine's a thing I use if I've got a drive for four hours or whatever. I don't. I don't get up in the morning. Like today, I didn't get up with my son and have a cup of coffee. It's like, no, I'm not working today, so, so no coffee today. Um, but um, but that, that salted caramel stuff and the and the crate that eventually found its way to New York for me, I I was drinking like because I I, was, I thought, well, I'm I'm in the states for a bit. So I'm just going to try and drink as much of this as possible while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up drinking, like, like at least a can a day while I was there. Um, and I, I offered it to, to John and to Glenn, and both of them were in this agreement with you that it's disgusting. But
1: for me... Uh, I agree with them. Thank you. Like... <laughs> Listen to your fr- You know what? Listen to your business partners and friends. They're telling you the right thing to do. You probably should step away from the salted caramel energy drink because it is terrible. It, 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 it will, it's a thing that will never catch on anywhere. There's a reason for that.
0: Okay. I, I, I will eventually admit defeat on this. Listen, where do people find you on social media?
1: Well, they can find me on Twitter at Pero. P is in Paul, A-R-R-O-W, underscore. I know, I used an underscore, but that's where you find me on Twitter. And I do answer people. I play with them. I think Twitter's great. I love when wrestlers play with everybody. I think (laughs) it's a great thing. You can find me on Instagram at paro49. As you know, I I put 49 in kind of anything because of Pulse. And uh, those are my two social medias that I'm mostly on awesome uh i can't figure out snapchat after its uh update so it is dead to me right now until they fix it um because i feel i don't i'm i'm not inclined to use snapchat the way it should be i I can't use
0: snapchat because i'm nearly 40 that's i just look at it and go this is not for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know you should use snapchat when you do your i I do the one thing i do love about the two things so but prior to you coming to WrestleMania weekend, I only knew progress of what it was. And I, and I saw a little bit of it through social media mm. and all that. But I had had the opportunity to see progress live. And let me tell you, I, I was super impressed by your opening of a show. I, I had never seen it before because a lot of uh, you're a hype guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've never seen that before. Like. I've seen it kind of with Shakara, but it goes with their whole story. Yeah. But I was expecting you to be a ring announcer. Oh the, god. The, god. The, never really <laughs> and I'm like, that's not you. And I was like, you look like a terrible ring announcer. But I'm going to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe he's going to surprise me. And then I, I, I have to tell you, man, I thoroughly enjoyed the fe- your opening. I was like, I was like, I'm about. I, I felt like. The cool thing about progress, and I, I'm not I'm not saying this and put you put you over. I'm just saying the cool thing I like about progress, it's like a rock show. Yeah. That's it's what like meant of it. It, Well, that's what I said. It's mm-hmm. like you come out before the DJ comes out and you're like, I want all you to get on your feet. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> I'm like, I was I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> after do start doing that because I expect you to be like, our first bout. <laughs>
0: and,
1: and then you come out and you're like, spitting out what the rules of progress are and i was like holy shit what's going on here i was like <laughs> I, was, I was like don't be a dick and i was like okay i was like what's gonna happen but then i didn't know that y- uh, your wrestlers have songs yeah. that's theme songs like the fans sing songs so i'm sitting there and the fans are singing songs like it's a soccer game and i'm like where did you all learn these songs? I'm like, (laughs) is there a sheet that they hand out a program? I was like, so those are the two interesting things. Like I love going to promotions and finding out different nuances that make them different. And that was the two things that stood out to me about progress and seeing a progress show on WrestleMania weekend was you. And I was expecting something totally different. I was like, (laughs) I was like, because, I had taught like like you saw me in a suit, okay, yeah, yeah. and you didn't know that I was a wrestler to the last day. And you're like, oh mm-hmm. my god, this guy's uh, uh uh he's on the Evolve show. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even know. And I'm like, and then you walk out and you're in the ring, and I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> I was like, he he's not dressed to announce a match. So and then you just go off, and I just start losing it. I was like, <laughs> okay. This is hilarious. Is anybody okay? All you are watching it, but let me explain something. This is hilarious. So, and then then people start singing songs, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, havoc. They're all chanting. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did Jimmy Havoc get a cool chant like that? And I was like. that i'm like jealous over here being like i don't got a chant how do i get a chant how do i get a song do they write you songs and like i have all these questions i was like british fans are amazing
0: well um what i'll do is i'll put in the in the uh, the information about the podcast i'll put a link for your little tour that you're doing while you're here so people can come and see you, um, so people can get a link to that. Obviously, I'll make sure people follow you on on, on Twitter and on Instagram, etc. as well. Um, but I'm very much looking for... I will, I will see you in a few weeks, because um, I presume I'll to yeah, across in New um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you. I'll take you out for a salty caramel monster. Um, yeah,
1: I'm not drinking a salted caramel monster. <laughs> I'm probably going to throw it in the garbage right after you hand it to me. Uh, I, you know, I don't think any. I don't think I could give it away.
0: Like,
1: I, I, literally, you're the only person I could give it to. So it'll be regifted for Christmas.
0: I am, but I'm very much. I, I, I said this to a lot of people. Like I've, I've I spoke to Joey Ginella recently, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing him when I come over. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing you because I know how much has changed for you over the past year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you and catching up in person. And thank you for chatting well, to me today, man. I'm looking
1: forward to see you guys. Cause, uh, it, it was, it was fun meeting all you guys last year and seeing all your different personalities and uh, knowing, knowing how different you guys are and how you guys work together. It was interesting seeing everything out and I'm really interested to see you. And, uh, yeah, Joey Janella is a shit show and a half and the <laughs> most fun to be around. <laughs> so I, uh, His spring break is going to be. You were at the spring break last year. The spring break this year is going to be just as insane. So, yeah, I I understand where you want to meet (laughs) Joey (laughs) Janela.
0: But no, man, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Thank you for chatting to me today, and I'll, I'll see you in three weeks, dude. Thank you so much. Nice one. Thanks, man. That was Paro. I'm so grateful that we had that awesome chat. If you're listening, Monster, please. Don't listen to Paro. Salted Caramel Java Monster is the greatest drink in the world. Please send me loads of it. Thanks very much. Um, I'm, again, I'm really grateful uh, to Paro. I will put up a link in the description of this podcast so you can go along and see Paro and Jack Sexsmith um, and, uh, and their little tour that they're doing in April. Um, also, I'll put the links up to Paro's Uh, Instagram and Twitter feed so you can check him out and follow him on there he's a genuinely inspiring dude and I have a feeling that he's going to have a really good year this year he's a great wrestler too not just an inspiring guy outside the ring he's a genuinely good wrestler and I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in three weeks when we're out in New Orleans Uh, plugs to close Uh, everything on the Distraction Pieces Network is awesome check it out and support it Really grateful. Jimsmorman.com is my website. Jimsmorman.com slash TNJ is where you point new listeners to this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, do whatever you got to do with your podcast uh, listening platform. Is that the right word? Whatever you got to do to help this podcast out. I'm really grateful whenever you choose to do it. Whether you're recommending it, subscribing, leaving a five-star review, that's all awesome. Progresswrestling.com for tickets to all the Progress shows and merchandise, including tickets to 6th and 7th of April in New Orleans, 5th, 6th and 7th of May at uh, Alexandra Palace in London for Super Strong Style 16 weekend, May the 20th, Victoria Warehouse in Manchester and September the 30th, Wembley Arena in London. Plus demand-progress.com for all of our shows in the past. There we go. Plug's done. Thank you again to Paro. I'm very much looking forward to seeing him. Go and check him out on all his social media and support him because he's a great guy. And I will see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.